This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the owner and publisher of Retail Insider Media, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, for this podcast, Craig, you mentioned that you had just gotten back from a trip to San Francisco, California, where you attended the Salesforce conference. Now, while you were there, you mentioned that you also saw some of the retail haunts of the city and wanted to do a little bit of a comparison against some of the Canadian retail spaces. Now, if I was a betting man it's in, and you're from Toronto, there's probably going to be a lot of comparisons to that area. But where would you like to start, Craig? I wanted to talk a little bit about the Union Square area in San Francisco, just because that's where I spent a lot of my time. And it's an area that has a significant clustering of retail of different price points, including luxury, that has traditionally been the heart of San Francisco in terms of commercial activity around retail. And I wanted to compare that a little bit to what we see primarily in Toronto, which is the city that I know that I live in now. Uh, I can talk about Toronto, Montreal and Vancouver a bit, but really I, I see Union Square being the equivalent of Yorkville or Bloor Yorkville in Toronto. And for folks that haven't been to Union Square in San Francisco, much like myself, could you give us a little bit of that context about the neighborhood as well as what you're starting to see there? It's a neighborhood that is centered around an actual park called Union Square, which has all kinds of parking underneath of it as well for cars. There's all kinds of luxury retailers around that area. You've got everything from Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus. You've got a big Macy's department store, which is not luxury, but nevertheless, it's there and it's got some nice stuff. It's a nice looking store inside, actually, to be honest. And I just found that the area, as I was looking through on Google Maps and Street View, was just really nice to walk through as a shopper and just to look at stuff, right? Yeah. Union Square, I find to be quite an interesting area. Architecturally, it's I think it's really quite nice. It's got really great bones to it. It's got wide sidewalks. This is something you don't see in a lot of Canadian cities. I'm glad Bloor Street in Toronto has wide sidewalks. But Union Square really was set up to be a big city commercial area. And it's been like that for a while. There's quite a history. There used to be lots of department stores in the neighborhood, probably about 10 of them in years past, ranging from Emporium to Gump's. Gump's being still a small store on Post Street, but not the department store it once was. Interesting history to the retail in San Francisco. But I got a chance to walk around the area quite a bit, actually. My hotel was nearby. And I got to speak to some of the retailers in the area. And what I thought was interesting is luxury retail in Union Square is actually doing quite well. And what's their secret sauce? The reason for that partly is just there's some very rich people in San Francisco. There's no question there. Maybe more than in Canada. We can say that. (laughs) Some of the biggest companies that we know in the world are headquartered in San Francisco, particularly in the technology space. With that, we see some retailers in San Francisco that you don't see in places like Toronto. Harry Winston being a jeweler. Graf, another jewelry brand. Patek Philippe, the watch brand. These are, it's interesting to see. Clearly, there's rich people that are shopping in San Francisco. When is it all sunshine and butterflies, or are they also having challenges like on Blur Street or even like in Gastown and Vancouver's having transient issues? What are their problems that they're facing? What's interesting is the Union Square area is actually really quite close to the Tenderloin neighborhood in San Francisco. The Tenderloin for decades has been a Skid Row, I guess you would say. It's a socially challenged neighborhood, uh, low income, uh, there's drug use. Uh, With that, there's been a movement towards, unfortunately, crime. Uh, We've seen stores uh, being robbed. And uh, it isn't just on social media. I saw some of this myself with my own eyes in San Francisco. I actually saw a woman getting arrested in Saks Fifth Avenue. I was impressed that security guards were actually doing something just because... (laughs) In social media, you, you hear people saying, oh, the, they, nobody does anything. They're just letting people get away. I, I certainly saw a woman on the ground getting handcuffed. Uh, but there's police cars all over Union Square. To, to some, that's going to feel more safe. 
And when I take a look at downtown Vancouver in the Gastown neighborhood, there's residential, there's commercial, there's tourism that's coming in because of the cruise ship terminal and otherwise. Is there a different kind of makeup in the Union Square area that is, I don't know, similar or different than Gastown? Union Square actually doesn't have a lot of residential in the area. Even though it's a nice area, it's conveniently located in the central core. When you look at Union Square compared to an area, say, Yorkville in Toronto, uh, or the Upper East Side in Manhattan, or the Gold Coast in Chicago, um, Toronto, Manhattan, and Chicago, those neighborhoods have high resident populations in those high-density, high-income, snazzy shopping areas. So... It is quite a difference compared to San Francisco. Now, San Francisco does have a few higher end buildings in the area. There's the Ritz residences. There's two Four Seasons buildings with condominium buildings, a St. Regis. But these are a bit more few and far between. And every one of those I named, I just realized, has a hotel-related situation to it. But in Toronto, say in the Yorkville area, you've got 20,000 people living in that neighborhood of various incomes, but including some very high-income people and very wealthy people with high net worth assets. So... And what did you feel like from a safety perspective as you're wandering around Union Square in San Francisco versus, let's say, wandering around your home neighborhood in Yorkville in downtown Toronto, perhaps? I definitely don't get that in Bloor, Yorkville. I'll walk around at one in the morning. I'm not usually up that late, but if I was, I really wouldn't have much of an issue. I, I really appreciate that about our Canadian cities for the most part. They're generally not unsafe. Things aren't perfect, but they're not as bad as some places. Kudos to Canada. Let's hop over to store closures, because in Canada, for example, we've had a lot of COVID closures. How was it like for you in San Francisco seeing like any stores that were victims of closures due to COVID or just general closures or unsafe closures? What do you think? Uh, Lee, I saw all kinds of store closures. Unfortunately, it was really sad, actually, in Union Square looking around, one of the big ones was Nordstrom itself at the top of the San Francisco shopping center. It occupied, I think, four, I think five floors at the top of the shopping center, which itself is a, an odd design. But the Nordstrom store was not doing well, I had been told last year. And with that, it's now since shut down. But it's also what's shut down is the Nordstrom Rack store, which was the off-price one. This is like winners in Canada. We had Nordstrom <laughs> Rack here until a few months ago. I shouldn't even have to compare. But nevertheless, that's gone. Saks Off Fifth is gone. Another off-price retailer. Banana Republic closed its absolutely gigantic store at, it was, I think, Souter and Grant Avenue. Now, Banana Republic is actually opening, for some reason, a small store. Oh, where in, in San Francisco there? Next to Chanel, literally next door Ooh. to Chanel, in, this, in a retail space Ooh. that spans both from Maiden Lane over to uh, O'Farrell Street, I think it is. I better get my streets right. I'm actually going my memory when I said that, but I don't think I'm wrong. But thing, it's, oh my God, Old Navy closed down. I was going to go get a sandwich at Amazon Go where I'd gone last year. It's gone. And I thought, what on earth is going on? Anthropology, that store is gone. Office Depot apparently shut down. I don't remember even seeing it, but T-Mobile is gone. And these are big stores. I'm not talking about little tiny stores. These were like big. And then of course, Barney's New York is gone. It was huge corner space. That's not the fault of San Francisco in any way. Barney's New York uh, went through bankruptcy during the pandemic and It's big standalone stores closed down. Authentic Brands bought it. And I think Saks Fifth Avenue in New York City has an attempted installation on the fifth floor. But nevertheless, the old Barneys is gone as we knew it. So in in North America. But my goodness, what a situation on Union Square. I, I, I see the great bones of the neighborhood in terms of being a great place for shopping. But I do see the retail vacancies, particularly with the mid market retailers and the, and the larger retailers and the retailers closer to Market Street. 
it's really quite concerning. It's depressing. Uh, you walk from market up uh, Stockton Street, the first block, and I believe there's one store uh, that's still open. It, there's It's sugar on one side of the street, which is actually facing onto Market Street. And then there's a Nespresso kind of mid-block. Everything else is gone. It's This cocoa furniture store is gone that was there last year. It's pretty mind-blowing. So, and Is this an overarching San Francisco trouble story, or do you think it's temporary? I don't think this is forever. I, I think there's an opportunity. San Francisco's had very successful shopping in terms of Union Square in the past, and I think that it could come back. It just requires some changes to the city, but there's a still a Saks Fifth Avenue store there, which is a unique configuration with escalators crisscrossing all back and forth inside. They had a Salesforce lounge on the fifth floor. I, I spoke to a really nice salesperson there. She was wonderful. And when it's Neiman Marcus, Neiman Marcus and Saks, especially Neiman Marcus would be maybe the equivalent of Holt Renfrew in Canada. But Neiman Marcus is a little bit different because a lot of the boutiques and a lot of the brands there are their wholesale. Whereas in Holt Renfrew, uh, a lot of the brands that we see in the boutiques within the store are actually uh, concession or leased spaces. So Neiman Marcus does have a bit of a different business model. Still the the Chanel and Celine and I think Prada were concessions uh, at Neiman Marcus, but I was speaking to some of the salespeople, just getting the lay of the land of the store because I told them who I was and it was great to chat with them. And they were giving me the insights. Very interesting to speak to people at Neiman Marcus there. And how's Market Street while you're there? Market Street is really mixed. And there's some kind of sketchiness going on, unfortunately. From what I've seen, you've got these wide sidewalks, street vendors. There are sometimes people passed out on drugs. It is really unfortunate. Uh, for those who say maybe would know the downtown east side of Vancouver, it. What you might see focused and concentrated in that area is a bit more spread out, but you'll still see, unfortunately, people who are addicts that are using drugs that are on the streets in San Francisco. Uh, It isn't the best look, but Ikea recently opened a downtown store in San Francisco on Market Street, which I I hope can help the area a little bit. People coming in, we've got an Ikea in downtown Toronto, of course, too. And then in one part of Market Street that doesn't even look that great, all of a sudden you see this really nice looking store for Supreme, the streetwear brand, the popular one. Uh, And it's there as well. Let's move forward into comparing San Francisco retail areas that you were talking about through to some of the Canadian um, retail areas. I'm assuming more like Yorkville shopping area where you live, as well as maybe even Yorkdale. Now, the Yorkville area, like I was saying, is a little bit different. The way it's set up, it's a bit more of a village feel because Yorkville itself was its own town in the 1800s. So it merged into Toronto, but it was actually a village. So that's why you see this kind of a village center to Yorkville. We've got smaller historical buildings. It's, it is different than Union Square. The architecture isn't as grand and urban and big city in downtown because Union Square was set up for a big city and Yorkville was more of a village. It was not downtown Toronto before. Union Square would be architecturally more the equivalent of the central business district of Toronto, which doesn't have a huge amount of retail. It actually did many years ago, but the higher end retail definitely gravitated to Yorkville. So Yorkville has the smaller buildings. It's got uh, the restaurants and the cafes and the hair salons and nail salons and other services, the hotels, the more upscale hotels like you see in Union Square. Some of the five-star hotels are there along with the restaurants. But Yorkville itself with its thousands of residents, it's a vibrant area and it's a draw and it is a very different vibe than uh, Union Square because Yorkville feels more like this village area where people are coming in to socialize, but they might also be shopping or lining up for the Kith store, if that's still a thing when the uh, when this goes to uh, recording in terms of being published, because it was the case when I, we recorded this podcast. And is there any other retail areas in San Francisco that you checked out while you're in the neighborhood? Yes, I had a chance to look at a few other areas. I Checked out the Jackson Square area for the first time. It's a bit more, it's a bit closer to the central business district on Jackson Street towards North Beach. 
And I really liked this area. It was small and it wasn't really that vibrant, to be honest, in, in terms of when I went in there. But uh, the architecture is really cute. It's got some stores like Tom Brown and APC and Zimmerman. So even some luxury brands have moved into this area with some nice food service businesses and whatnot. It's actually a little bit like Yorkville, but only like really two blocks of, of streets. And it's not nearly as vibrant as Yorkville, not even close. But a uh, lovely area. And you don't see the vagrancy that you see in Union Square. So I can see why some brands might look at Jackson Square as long as customers are coming to shop and say we might like to be there. Because I don't think the crime and the robberies in stores are going to be nearly as significant in Jackson Square as they would be in Union Square. And that's just because Union Square is so proximate to the Tenderloin area where so many people are struggling. So it really is a matter of geography. I got a chance to check out Fisherman's Wharf and Pier 39, which are on the north part of San Francisco, just on the waterfront. You can take a whatever ferry to Alcatraz. I've never done it. Maybe I should do that next year. I've heard it's an interesting tour, but those areas are very touristy. If you want touristy retail and kitschiness to it, cool little shops there, but very super touristy. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was not something I typically shop at or probably a typical person in San Francisco would shop at. But there's different retail areas in San Francisco from Cow Hollow and Marina all over the place. But nevertheless, my focus was on Union Square, just given where I was and given the amount of time that I had. And just to wrap up the podcast, is there any final thoughts on San Francisco and its retail? I would like to say for those visiting San Francisco, it's not as bad, I would say, as people are saying in terms of there isn't crime everywhere. It's not a free for all. I walked up to Knob Hill, uh, which is quite close to Union Square, and you walk up a hill and it's hard to get up there sometimes. <laughs> it's so damn steep, but you get up there. It's not bad. You don't, you're not seeing crime and vagrancy and whatever. It's a wealthy downtown neighborhood with a private club in the middle and beautiful hotels around it. And that, that area is just fine. Russian Hill, Telegraph Hill, everything's great. Pacific Heights. But yeah, Central San Francisco has an issue with addiction and vagrancy, which is really too bad. Vancouver has similar issues. But overall, I, I had a great trip and I, and I think the city's retail is great in terms of the way it's set up. But uh, there, there are some hurdles, I think, to overcome short term. But uh, I think long term San Francisco will be fine. And then comparing it to the retail in Toronto here, Toronto is a very vibrant city. Sometimes it's hard to compare these places, but I did want to look at some of the, the retail and the overall configuration of Union Square. And I said, yeah, it is similar to Yorkville. These are, there's only a handful of neighborhoods in major cities in North America that are in the downtown cores that are supporting luxury retail. And really in the United States, those cities, I would chalk them up to be Union Square in San Francisco, the Gold Coast in Chicago, probably central Washington, D.C. around city center and maybe Georgetown a little bit central area in Boston around Newbury Street, Copley Square, Manhattan. I don't have to talk about Manhattan's its own world. I keep that as a separate conversation, but there's no question that's an important one there. And really, you don't see many other cities out there. Philadelphia has a lovely downtown, but it doesn't really have a lot of luxury retail. Then what other cities in North America are there? I think they're in Canada. Montreal has a little bit of luxury retail downtown. It's got Holt Renfrew Ogilvy on top of that. And then Toronto, as we all know, is, is massive. And and Vancouver has a lot of luxury retail downtowns. Our Canadian cities have actually managed to maintain their vibrancy in terms of, at least in Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, at the downtown cores and the retail that's there. So good on Canada. We're, I think, per, certainly per capita, have far more vibrant downtowns in the United States, at least for now, and probably in the foreseeable future. That's amazing. And sound like an amazing trip too. So thanks for going through the retail a little bit with our listeners. I've never been to um, San Francisco with a retail eye to it. I've always been just doing the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for sharing a little bit and comparing with Yorkville. <clears throat> and otherwise, I'll chat with you next week, Craig. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and bye for now.